This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This is a unique, life-changing, eight-part broadcast entitled, You Are the Apple of God's Eye, that will make abundantly clear to the More Than Conquerors radio listener that there are powerful benefits in being part of the kingdom of God and being saved under the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are highly favored above all other creation, simply because the Creator loves us so much. But Pastor cautions that the level of favor in our lives will rise only to the level of our expectations. Our expectation must be based on our faith in and our obedience to what His Word says. Most importantly is the protection of that favor through a life of excellence, integrity, and the development of good character and a trustworthy spirit, evidenced by honesty, right living, and faithfulness to God's Word. Here's today's lesson on what God might expect from you, the apple of His eye. We're not going to have time to go uh, do a whole lot of review today, but uh, we want to talk about, about favor from a different perspective. And today, um, well, let, let me just do a little backup. God's favor has been promised to us because we are believers. We are children of the Most High God. And so God has just given us this favor in our lives. Now, just to give you a definition of what favor means, um, we said favor, or defined the word favor. The word represents the position one enjoys before a superior who is favorably disposed toward him can also refer to what a king or person in authority can and will do for someone he likes. And this word, as it relates to God, uh, this is what God will do for us. This is how God will work in our lives and influence um, in our lives and influence uh, things in our situations with other people as it relates to other people. This is what, this is what favor means. We could expect acts of kindness uh, to, to receive preference support, promote and advance, help and increase. These are the things that God will do in our behalf to um, cause us to have preference and support and to promote us and advance us. Um, so what I say is that whatever we're doing in life, whatever we're, uh, we're looking to do, wherever we're trying to advance or accomplish, whatever accomplishments we're trying to achieve in our life, we have to factor in what I call the God factor. Because we don't face our tomorrows. We don't face our situations and our circumstances alone. God is with us. And as it pertains to the dreams and desires that we have for our future, whether it be a better life, a better job, a opening a business, whatever it be, because God is concerned right down to the very last little practical thing in our lives because he loves us. His favor goes before us. His favor is there. His favor will open doors that you can't open. His favor will bring people across your path that have exactly what you need at the moment you need it. His favor will provide a place for you uh, if you need it, you know, in, in, in work or in business or whatever it be. God's favor will be upon you in a tremendous way. Now, we have 
gone over lots of verses and talked about this from a lot, lot of different uh, angles and from a lot of different places. So this morning, I want to go in a little bit different direction. And if I were to give this thing a title, um, I would call it this, Protecting the Favor of God. Because, you know, as I've gone over these verses and studied them, looked at my own life as it relates to what God has done in my life, I realize that the favor of God is there, but not everybody really enters into that favor and really receives the fullness of that favor. Now, some of the things that we talked about weeks previous is that you have to have faith for that favor. We talked about expectancy. Uh, Your level of expectancy really determines the level of favor in your life. The higher your expectancy goes, the favor will rise to that level of expectancy, meet that expectancy, and make it a reality in your life. In simple terms. If you're not expecting anything, God has nothing to put his favor on, right? If you, if you, don't, if you don't push yourself and advance your, you know, and, and dream some dreams and, and, and have some vision and try to accomplish something, God has nothing to put his favor on. So we kind of we raise our expectation and God's favor then rises to that level of expectation, meets it, and begins to provide a way uh, by influencing, doing things in that situation to cause this thing that you desire, this expectation you have to become a reality in your life. Does that make sense to you? See, it really, it really proves this, that God is for us. God is on our side. God wants to work with us, but we've got to give him something to work with. Right? If you give him nothing to work with, he's got nothing to go on. He, he's not, listen, one thing that I learned about God, God's not going to get behind you and push you. My mother used to have a saying, you know, you talk about laziness. You're like, push me, I'm coming. You know? Talking about laziness. God's not going to get behind you and push you. You need to be motivated. You need to have expectation. You need to put a demand on the word of God. Put a demand on your faith. You, ri- you raise that level of expectation. God's favor is going to, to rise up to that, to that place. Meet that expectation. And bring it into a reality in your life. When I say about protecting the anointing. Or protecting the favor of God. is simply this. The favor is there. But sometimes, because we lack some things in our life, some natural things, some character or characteristics, uh, what can happen is we can actually destroy the favor of God or paralyze the favor of God or keep the favor of God in neutral. And I've seen this in the life of many, many people. So I went back to the story of Joseph, and we won't, we won't go over the whole story. But if you remember the story, Joseph was uh, you know, beloved of his father. He dreamed a dream. And he got persecuted for his dream because his dream, uh, in his dream he was going to be elevated above his brothers and his family. And his family was going to bow down to him. His brothers didn't like it. So one day Joseph, now Joseph was beloved of his father and um, highly spoiled probably. Um, and he, he, he finds his brothers somewhere and his brothers uh, have the opportunity because now they've got Joseph isolated. So they beat him up, throw him in a water pit. They were going to kill him but they decided not to do that. Throw him in a water pit and then they sell him off to the Ishmaelites and the Ishmaelites take him down to Egypt, and he's put on a slave block, and he's sold as a slave into slavery. Joseph was at the top, and then all of a sudden he was at the bottom. That Potiphar took him home, and obviously Potiphar saw something in Daniel. The Bible said uh, Potiphar thought to raise him up and put him over all the affairs of his house because the Spirit of the Lord was on him. Because he saw something in, it says God's favor actually, was upon him. He saw something in Joseph that he didn't see in anybody else that he had ever had in his house before. So much so that he gave Joseph the, the option or the opportunity, not the option, but the opportunity to be in charge of all his house. Well, you know how the story goes. Joseph uh, did his very best, but his wife, Potiphar's wife, tried to set Joseph up for a failure. And um, 
and accused him of rape. And the next thing you know is Potiphar comes home and hears about it and gets angry with Joseph, throws Joseph in a prison, in a cell. And Joseph, once again, was at the top, but then he found himself at the bottom. But now he's in the prison, and the prison guard notices that there's something different about Joseph because the favor of God was upon him. So he thought to put him in charge of the whole prison. Here's a prisoner who becomes in charge of the whole prison. And Joseph is in charge of all the affairs of the prison. Well, you know the story. And Joseph gets left behind by some friends that he, you know, did favor for. But that friend didn't, a uh, friend that he did a favor for, but that friend didn't remember him before, before Pharaoh. And, uh, but anyway, some time goes by and, and Joseph is called to Pharaoh's uh, presence because Pharaoh needed his dreams interpreted. And Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph and what he was able to share with, with Pharaoh, he, that he took him and he put him second in command over all of Egypt. So once again, Joseph went from right from the bottom right up to the top, just like that. Now, the, the two things that I see in the life of Joseph, because obviously it's clear from what we read in the scriptures, wherever Joseph was, he didn't let him get him down, but he did the very best that he could do in whatever situation he was in life. So what that speaks to is that Joseph had the spirit of excellence on his life. No matter where he was, he sought to be excellent and to to produce excellence in that place. And as a result of producing excellence, he was noticed, recognized, and promoted to the top position. Now another thing that he had working in his life was integrity. Integrity was proven that even though he, was, he had the opportunity to sleep with Potiphar's wife, he refused to do it and to disgrace his master and to disgrace himself and to put a mar or to mar his integrity. So the two things that I see operating in Joseph's life, and there are many things and you could probably find some other things, but the two things that I want to highlight today are simply excellence and integrity. So if I were to give this thing a full title, this is what I would call it. Protecting the favor of God through excellence and integrity in our lives. So let's talk about Daniel, because Daniel is another Old Testament character. We're only going to read one verse. We might go back over this story another time because it's fascinating. But it says here in chapter 6, verse 1. Now, it says, it pleased Darius. Darius is the king at this point. And he says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. So he's setting up authority, he's setting up leaders. And over these, over the 120 satraps, he's, he's setting up three governors, of whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was one of the three governors who were going to govern the 120 satraps. But notice what it says here, uh, that they might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Now listen to verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, listen, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So get a picture of this. There's 120 satraps and, and three governors that the king puts into, into authority and sets them up. Daniel is one of the three governors, but of the three governors, Daniel is the one who stands out the most. He's the outstanding one. Why? It says because there was a spirit of excellence in his life. The difference between becoming or being outstanding and just plain old blending in into the crowd is the spirit of excellence. When you learn and cultivate and develop the spirit of excellence in your life, 
you will be recognized above everybody else. And you see, this is what I've seen in the body of Christ, that we lack the spirit of excellence in many ways. Um, spirit of excellence, you know, it doesn't mean, let me, let, me, let me just put it this way so we clear this up right, right from the get-go. This doesn't mean that I have to be the best or trying to be the best. What it means is that I purpose to do my best in everything that I do. This is not a competition. This is not me trying to compete with others and trying to outshine everybody. What it is is that it becomes a personal competition within myself that I'm going to try to do my best. It may not look like somebody else. It may not be like somebody else's success or somebody else's uh, work. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to do the best that I can do with what I have. It's a personal being my best, not being the best. Now... Now, being uh, or doing your best at what you do is the difference between being outstanding and and not. And really, you see, what happens is often we we lack that that spirit of excellence in what we do, and we wonder why we can't seem to get ahead, or it doesn't look like God's favor is is on on what you're doing. Well, because, you see, you can't override a lack of excellence by God's favor. Now, you take God's favor, and you couple that with a life of practicing and developing a spirit of excellence in all that you do, and you put integrity with it, I'm telling you, my brother, sister, I'm going to say it again, there's no place that you can't go. I would rather do a few things really well than do a whole lot of things very sloppily. See? And and really, that's what you and I have have got to really focus in on because we take a look at our lives and we need to see if there are areas where we need to tighten up uh, in this level of excellence because nobody's going nobody's to hire you no one's going to pay no one's going to use your services if there isn't a high level of excellence uh, being produced now when you find somebody at work if you seek to be the best that you can be at your job and what you do doing your best giving out your best I'm going to tell you what you're going you're gonna to be recognized you're going to be one of those who's going to be outstanding and be recognized by the employer sometimes you're not recognized because you're not doing your best and you know you're not doing your best you're holding back because you're like well you know the boss everybody get rich and I get poor you know well, see, you have, you have the wrong attitude because, see, there's a simple principle from the Bible. It says, it says, when you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. If you can't produce excellence in what you're doing right now, you will never produce excellence in anything up ahead. And, and here, you know, here goes something else. about The spirit of excellence must be cultivated. You've got to, you've got to exercise it. In other words, you don't let little things, simple things just go undone. If something's crooked, you fix it. It goes down to the most simple little thing, right? If something's out of place, you put it back into place, right? Uh, because, see, that's cultivating the spirit of excellence in your life. I don't want to drive a dirty car. Don't look at my car now because it's very, very sloppy. But I don't want to drive a dirty car because that speaks something. It says something. It says less than excellent. And that excellence is developed. As you continue uh, to um, you know, walk through life and, 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 and your different situations in life, you have the opportunity to be sloppy at something or to demonstrate excellence in what you do. Is anybody getting, getting what I'm saying here, you see? So if we're going to protect the favor of God, I mean, listen, you can be anointed, you can be talented, you can be gifted, you can be called, you can be everything. But if you lack these two principles, excellence and integrity, you ain't going nowhere, brother, sister. You're in park, you're in neutral. God can't do anything with you because you lack two very vitally important things. So we need to protect the favor of God in our life. We got the favor. God's favor is on you. God will go before you. 
But don't undermine that favor by lacking a, a, a spirit of excellence in what you do, you see. I was given some examples this morning about the difference between a spirit of excellence and, and not, you know, sometimes. And then it kind of galls me. I don't really like to even hire Christians a lot, you know, because, because I, I, I hate to say it, you know, I re- really wish it wasn't like, I'm not saying all, but a lot of my experience has been you hire Christians and they kind of, kind of take advantage of you because well, you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, so you're supposed to cut me a break. I'm not going to cut you a break just because you're a Christian. If I'm paying you money, then I expect excellence, you know, at the level of money that I'm paying you. If you're doing it for free, well, that's a different story. Then, you know, I guess I'll have to accept and that, that'll be on me. Have, but even if you're going to offer something you're free, you need to, you should still do your best at what you do. You don't do it sloppily, right? We're, we're called to be outstanding people. We're called to show the world who God is, and our God is a God of excellence. Why would we do less than our best? Because we give a bad impression of who God is. But I was just giving a story how this, this family um, was attending the church many, many, many years ago, in the first couple of years, foundational years of the church in Porchester. And there was this family coming to the church, and they were having a hard time. And I guess somebody, I mentioned somebody I was going to have my house painted, and I was looking to have, and I lived in a little studio apartment. It was just a very small studio apartment. And um, so, of course, being the sap that I am and the sucker that I am, I, I, I knew this family needed help. And, and to look at this guy, you'd say, man, he does not look like excellence. I mean, he was just kind of dirty looking, grungy looking. I mean, he just didn't shave, unkempt, just, just a mess. And I figured, well, the family needs help. And, you know, that's his, that's his look, you know. Maybe that's, he just likes the caveman look. I don't know. But, anyway. <laughs> but so I said, all right, all right, I'm going to give this guy a break because he really needs the money. So I said, hey, Ron, I said, look, um, I, I'm going to hire you to paint my house, all right? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away for a couple of days. Uh, I'm going to leave on a Monday. I'll be back on a Wednesday. Can you get the job done? Oh, no problem, Pastor. I've been doing this job for 20 years. I'm going to say, okay, now I want these walls painted. I want this. Not a problem. I've been doing this 20 years. I've got 20 years' experience, all right? And, you know, one of the things that you must learn, you've got to learn right up, right up front, People who talk about their experience, just because they talk about it doesn't mean they have it. And if they do have the experience, if they lack a level of excellence, you can have all the experience. Experience is not what necessarily I'm looking for. I'm looking for your level of excellence. Well, they came into my house and, come on, is everybody with me? Because Now, now I'm trying to help the, the believers here because, you know, I can teach all I can and brave you all up about the favor of God. And then you go out in the world and you're not displaying a, a level of excellence and you lack integrity in your life, you're going to undermine the favor of God in your life. It's not going to work, right? So I hired this guy to come into my house and I said, Ron, can you, oh yeah, not a problem, Pastor, don't worry, I'm going to take care of him, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. I said, okay, great, I'm going to leave on a Monday, I forget what it was, I went, went away for three or four days. He said, no problem, he said, I've been doing this 20 years, I'll bang this job out in no time at all, no time at all. i got 20 years experience, I'll bang this job right out. I'll bring my guys and we'll get it done. It'll be as clean as a whistle when you come home. I said, man, that's it. He's talking excellence. I'm thinking, man, he's on the same page as me. Praise God, I found my man. So we, we agreed on a price and I said, I'll pay you this price, you know, no problem. So I take off on, on a Monday, say, or whatever. And, and uh, I, I don't even check with him because I feel he's a brother, he's a Christian. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking, talking the talk. He's talking the talk. So I come home that night and I open up the door. First of all, I had a cat. You know, I told him, be careful with the cat. I opened up the door 
And I walked into this nest in my house. Everything is in the middle of the floor. I couldn't even find my cat. I'm calling for the cat. I, I couldn't find my cat because it was such a mess in the house. I think the cat got so afraid because my house was always, you know, it was always in good order. The cat was like, I, don't, I, I can't exist in this mess. So the cat went and hid in the closet somewhere. Everything is in the middle of the floor. I mean, I mean, I went and looked at one wall, and obviously what had happened was he mixed two, two paints together to try to spare on some paint. And I guess he didn't realize it, but he mixed semi-gloss with flat paint. I had semi-flat paint on my wall. And I'm looking at my wall, and I have like stripes going up and down, flat and shiny, flat and shiny, all the way down the wall. I could not believe. I had these, uh, you may know these uh, vertical blinds. I had these vertical blinds up there. And you just kind of push them up and they unsnap and you pull them down. He took all my vertical blinds down. Well, he didn't use, he didn't take them down right. He just yanked them and pulled them all down and broke the clip that held them to the, to the, you know, the fastener that was in the rod. And most of them were broken. And I had all my blinds on the floor in the, and all the furniture in the middle of them, paint all over the place. Then he told me he could wallpaper. You should have seen the wallpaper job when I paste all over the place. Crooked, jagged ends. And I walked in and I thought, this has got to be a nightmare. This has got to be a joke. You see? This is why I don't like to really deal with Christians uh, too much. (laughs) And especially the ones that I pastor. It's very difficult. One one brother said to me one time, Pastor, I got a great idea. He was in business. I got a great idea. Why don't we have a directory of everybody's business and we can just kind of pass it around so, you know, we can help one another. I said, no, 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 no. Never, never in this house because I don't know what level of excellence you have. I don't know what you can do. And I'm not, I'm not going to put my seal of approval. If it comes out of this church with living word and Pastor Ray on it, you're thinking, oh, Pastor Ray approves this guy. This guy comes to your house and destroys it. And then I look like an idiot. I'm not doing it. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate people that don't use the church as a way to build their business. Because people have done that. So, so anyway, I come home and the whole house is upside down. And, you know, I had to have somebody come in and, and be in the sap that I am and be in the... You know, because I'm his pastor. And I said, Ron, man, this is not excellent. Look at this. Oh, I know, pastor. Well, this happened. This happened. Listen, your excuses uh, do not make this situation better. It makes it worse. You see, if you're a person of excellence, you see, you you are very concerned about how your work comes out. Because you take pride in what you do. And if you take pride in what you do, you can't just pass off a sloppy job. Am I speaking to anybody here or am I just talking, talking to me? You see, because too, too many times we're, we play the, we pull the Christian card. Well, I, I, I'm walking in faith and I'm confessing and I'm, I'm believing and I'm tithing. But you lack a work ethic. You do not display excellence in what you do. You lack integrity. You undermine all of the wonderful things that God has provided for you and all of the wonderful promises because your, your lack of, of excellence and your lack of integrity does not override, you know, or I should say, it undermines your faith and all the giving and all the wonderful things that you're doing. Does that make sense to anybody? You, you must cultivate a spirit of excellence in all that you do. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online radio ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.